You know, I love that little story. And when Rich preached three weeks ago, he had lots of stories about praying for people outside and, and, and doing stuff outside these four walls. And, and you know, I, I love that we're doing that. Fliss and I, we've just had a few uh, days off. We, we've had actually quite a, a full fortnight since we saw you last. Uh, we went to, we saved up, we went to Nice in France to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and, and even there, actually, we found ourselves with an opportunity to minister to some people. While we were in this restaurant, there was a bit of a fracas next door, and, and somebody hadn't got the money to pay for the meal, and it was a young woman with, with some kids and a friend, and they didn't take cards, and it was all this, that, and the other. So. We, you know, we took an opportunity to do that, and then they were all sort of, they couldn't understand it, it was completely blown away by that, and they were, you know, they hadn't got any English, and we've got very little French, but they finally sort of managed to cobble together thank you, and we cobbled together for God, in God's name, on this kind of stuff, you know. And then since then, other things have happened. A, fr- a dear friend of ours, a young woman, uh, one of the first church planters we sent out from here, husband, and she went and planted the Southampton Vineyard, and she died suddenly of cancer, and so we did the funeral on Monday down in Southampton, hundreds of people there, uh, and then I've been praying for my Netflix, and I've been praying for our neighbors on the street and all this kind of stuff, and then yesterday I was praying for another neighbor, and, and I tell you these things, and Fliss is a little uncomfortable about me telling them, but I'm telling you them, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm teasing Richard, but I'm also proud that he's doing that, because I want you to know that what we're sharing here at the front about taking the love, if you like, to use Dennis's sermon last week, taking it out there and praying for people and witnessing to people and being Christians out there, not just in here, is something that we ourselves are doing. I'm not just stood here four feet above contradiction behind this, this platform telling you to get out there and, and do it and develop a sense of urgency to share the good news. We are trying to do that in our own life, you know. And so that's why we're telling you these stories, and that's why we're encouraging you and preaching you to do that. Since the beginning of the year, we've been looking at a a series called Mosaic, Rethinking Community, and and it's been a good experience. We felt like the Lord was saying to us, we needed to kind of rejig the way we did church. And so we looked at biblical models of church. We talked about that, and then we went on from that, and two or three weeks ago, we began to change change track and say, actually, it's not just about us. God builds his body here on earth to go out and to give away and to be good news. And so we've been on that journey for a little while now. And uh, then last week when we, Fliss and I were in Nice in France, Dennis preached on living the love. The motivation for this is not just because the pastor said you've got to do it or you feel guilted or shamed or anything. Actually, God works compassion in you. We comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received. And so the motivation to go out there and to share the love of God is the love of God. And Dennis did a great job with that. Well, I'm going to sort of carry, take the baton a little bit further on. And uh, I, I, two weeks ago, uh, did a teaching on how Jesus recruited his closest followers, his disciples as we call them, to carry on his ministry, to multiply his ministry. So instead of having one Jesus, and there is only one Jesus, we had actually many more little Jesuses, if you like, doing the works of the ministry. 
And we, we looked at that and we said, you know, this was holy God's intent that you and I should begin to minister these, this extraordinary love and minister in spiritual gifts. We've been seeing a lot more healing. We've actually you know, done some healing in the services and we've had some great testimonies coming back from that since the beginning of the new year. And, and God wants us to take everything he has and, and take it out there. So that's been the, 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 the new kind of emphasis that's been coming in over these last two or three weeks. So we're going to throw up a, a verse here, 1 Corinthians 14.1. And, and this says this, follow the way of love. You know, listen to Dennis's sermon if you, you missed it. You know, the, the, the Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your body. Love him absolutely as a priority. And then he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. Live the love, live the love. And it says here, follow the way of love, and this is the interesting thing, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Now, it's been my experience, I have to say, as a pastor of some years now, that not everybody eagerly desires spiritual gifts. There's a lot about the Christian faith, faith that they, they uh, admire and would uphold and would want to, to live by, but there are certain things that actually we'd rather do without. We'll sweep that one under the carpet. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, and this was one of the triggers for this talk, really. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a pastor who comes to the Wednesday morning prayer meeting that we've had for many years, uh, he was, uh, he's relatively new, he's an Anglican, and he was saying how his wife had been away for a conference, and she had been praying that God would give her gifts of healing. This was something that she became really desperate for, really wanted to be used in the healing ministry. Never seen it, often prayed for it, you know, seen others get healed, but God had never used her, and she was desperate that God would do this for her. She went away on this conference, and during the course of this time, um, hands were laid on her, and she prayed for a couple of people, nothing happened, then she prayed for somebody, and they got healed, first time. And then she did another one, and three in a row, three people got healed, and she was absolutely ecstatic. And she came back to her, her church, not so far from here, and uh, at the end of the service, um, she, uh, uh, with her husband's, uh, you know, they'd obviously talked about it, you know, she said, well, I'm going to go over to one side, if anybody wants any prayer for healing, you know, come over and well, I'll pray for you, and this happened and that happened, and so they went, and some people went and got prayer, but the weird thing was, over the next two or three days, this dear vicar started getting emails and little notes slipped at the door saying, we don't want anything like that. We are Anglicans. In fact, he, I hope he was teasing, but he said, we don't want to be like those vineyard people. <laughs> he actually said, I think he was teasing. I hope so, anyway. Yeah, that's very nice, but we, don't want, we want this, but we don't want that. You know, get, the, the, these spiritual gifts things, they're, they're messy, and they, you know, I don't know what to do with them. And I thought about that, and I, I, I felt very sad that the church of Jesus Christ good, honest, loving, well-meaning people should be picky about the works of the Holy Spirit. It, it kind of graded with me. So I want to say to you, and I want to teach you over the next 25 minutes, a, a little potted thing on spiritual gifts. We, we do it in a, in a greater depth in, in Essential 102, and some of you I know are already going through that, but 
If you haven't done that, you need to do Essential 101 and then Essential 102. We do this currently six times a year, so there's plenty of opportunity. And you need to, to, to get to grips with that because in my view, this is not an option. When Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them out to heal, to set free from, from demons, to preach the good news. This was something that they all got to do. And even Judas Iscariot, the, you know, the betrayer, he, he got to do that good stuff. So follow the way of love. And everybody says, yeah, amen. But eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Oh, that's a bit scary, Chris. That's a bit messy. Especially the gift of prophecy. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 then. This is probably the classic passage on these. It's not the only place where spiritual gifts are referred to, but it, we'll look at this. It's, it's, uh, it's convenient. I love the way, actually, uh, this, uh, this wasn't planned, but... 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first verse says this. Now about spiritual gifts. It's Paul talking to the church. Now about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. That's the first verse. Come on, let's talk about it. Spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Okay? And then he goes on. Four. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Let me just press the pause button there. You see, some people think that spiritual gifts are, the air, are part of the Holy Spirit thing, and they're a little bit, you know, unsure about the Holy Spirit anyway, and so they kind of, you know, fudge that one and sweep that under the carpet. But this passage here, this passage here shows us that actually the operation of spiritual gifts, this sort of supernatural gifting, healing, prophecy, tongues, and all the rest of it, they're part of the Trinity's work, not just the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And of course, Jesus is Lord. All authority and power have been given to him. Jesus Christ is Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God, God the Father. You see, when we're seeking to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not just a, a weird sort of doctrine that the Pentecostals have discovered or have. This is actually good Trinitarian doctrine. This is the faith. We exclude any part of it at our severe peril. Then he goes on to, to talk about the gifts themselves. There's actually nine listed here, verse seven. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. <clears throat> to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in the different kinds of tongues. And to still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one spirit and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Nine gifts. I'm going to package them together. I'm going to give you an example of, I'm going to give you three groups of three, and then I'm going to give you an example from each thing. But the first thing I want to say is that these gifts are given for the common good. Gifts are given not to make you feel better, you feel useful, you to fulfill some personal passion or agenda, spiritual gifts are given for the common good. And every time God prompts us to step out of our comfort zone and 
and pray for somebody in the street or pray for somebody in the atrium or pray for somebody here or pray for a neighbor or offer a word of wisdom or offer some charity or some love or whatever. Every time God prompts us to do something, a kingdom thing, and we kind of draw back and go, oh, I don't know whether I can do that. We rob not just them of the blessing, but we rob us of the blessing. You see, gifts are given for the common good. I, I, I do struggle, I have to say, with people who come up to me and they've been doing it for 30 odd years and probably will for another 30 years. Every pastor will know this. Some people come up and they say to you, do you know during that service or during that prayer meeting or during that so-and-so, I felt like God was saying this but I didn't have the courage to share it and can I give it to you now? It, it's not meant for now. It was meant for the moment. And that leads me into the second thing I want to say about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are situational. What do I mean by that? Spiritual gifts are given in the moment. It's like a toolbox. You know, I'm a classic car fan. I've got lots of tools in my workshop. And, and you know, you select whatever tool is needed in the moment. So, you know, when you pray for spiritual gifts, when you eagerly desire spiritual gifts, understand this, that you're not praying for like, you know, something like... Um, Scout badges, you're not working for your badge of you know, firefighting or you know, your badge of you know, healing or your badge of prophecy. You don't kind of get that and then you move on to the next one. Actually, what happens is that in the moment, if you're available, God will give you what you need. You know, by the grace of God, over many years, I've prayed for many people and they haven't got well. And I pray for many people and they have got well. Do I have the, the gift of healing? Do I, am, I, am I a healing evangelist? No, I'm just a Christian. One day may God, God may make me that, and for whatever reason, I may just find an incredible percentage of people get, get healed, in which, in which case I've clearly you know, grown up into being a healing evangelist, a healing pastor, but for most of us, for most of the time, these gifts are situational. You will get what you need when you step out in faith. Got it? So, and, and the last thing to say is that actually one of the beautiful things about spiritual gifts is that you don't have to be a saint to operate in them. And this is very often a, mis, a, a misunderstanding. People think, well, I'm not holy enough, or my life isn't together, or I can't pray for people because, you know, this is going on in my life, blah de blah de blah You know, as I will make reference to in just a moment, you know, we had a healing recently, we've had a number of healings recently because the kids have prayed for adults. You know, not noticeable, he notable healings. See, gifts, we tend to think gifts are a reward for, for saintliness or good character. The two things are entirely different. Character is one issue, and character takes time to be worked in us. But gifts can be given in a minute. You can get saved this morning. You can go home and pray for your neighbor's knee, and they get healed. I mean, think about the disciples. I keep banging on about this, but you know, Jesus Iscariot was a betrayer. He used to, he used to by all accounts, he used to help himself to the, the, the Jesus' and disciples' money. It, wasn't, it was a nasty character. And yet, we read from the scriptures, he went out and he laid hands on the sick in Jesus' name, and they got well. He cast out demons, would you believe, in Jesus' name. It's not about rewards for good behavior or character or saintliness. These are just the toolkits of every Christian. This is just what we get to use if we will but use it. That's what we're talking about. So now, coming to the gifts themselves, nine listed there, it's expedient, my, in terms of preaching and teaching this morning, for me just to 
to group them into three groupings. It's not the way the scripture does it, but it'll just sort of help us to you know, get a handle on it. And I'm just going to quickly go through those three groupings and then we'll finish off. The first of these nine gifts, these gracelets, and I use that word, I don't think you'll find that word in the dictionary, but the word gracelets is there to just to, to ram home this sense that these are things given in the moment. You don't have to have the gift of healing to pray for the, the sick. You just pray, and then God gives you a gift of healing. It talks about gifts of healing. So the nine gifts, the nine gracelets. The first one then, gifts of discernment, the eyes of God. The eyes of God. So of these, this list that we read, one would be a word of knowledge, one would be a word of wisdom, one would be discerning of spirits. I'm going to give you an example of a word of knowledge. Uh, this church, uh, I'm, I'm delighted to tell you, has a bit of a reputation. A reputation, actually, for, for praying for folk who are having difficulty conceiving, having babies. Uh, and, you know, we have prayed for many people over the last three or four years. And not everyone, you know, not everyone, but many have actually, following on from prayer, found that they've conceived and they've had children. And that's just such a wonderful thing, wonderful little distinctive about the vineyard here in St. Albers. We are just so thrilled with that. I want to tell you a story about one, something that happened about three years ago. A young couple came up and, as it happened, asked me to pray for them. And uh, they said, you know, we've been married for a while and we've been trying to have a family and we've had one or two false starts but we can't conceive and we're beginning to get a bit desperate. Would you mind praying for us? And I, I, you know, when somebody asks you that, you know, you're just full of compassion. You, you, you just can't say no, would, why would you anyway? And so I, we sat down and, uh, and I just said, okay, well, let's just pray. And so we started to pray and I hadn't been praying for more than about a minute or so when I felt like the Lord gave me this word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge was abortion. Now, I really struggled with that. I struggled with it for a number of reasons, not least that actually the couple I was praying for were what I, what I might term a peaches and cream couple. They were just so sweet. They were just so lovely. They were slightly more mature. Uh, uh, we'll call her Alison. She was as pretty as a picture. You know, she wasn't beautiful. She wasn't attractive. She wasn't sexy. She wasn't... But, but in terms of one, the way one might describe her, she was just a very pretty peaches and cream type woman. Butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. And the guy, let's call him something manly. Let's call him Roger. <laughs> All right? Roger was a really solid guy. I mean, he was a really great, upstanding members of the congregation and of the society. They weren't, you know, headbangers or anything like that. They were great. And so I've got this word, we got into this prayer, and I've got this word abortion, and, I'm, and, and it's like a roadblock in my mind. I can't see round it, I don't wanna deal with it. I, don't, I can't see round it, I can't see over it, I can't get round it, I've just got this great big roadblock in my mind, in my spirit, abortion. So there was nothing else for it. I knew, I, I've been in this place before, there's nothing I could do with this. So I, I, I said, okay, look, um, Alison, uh, I'm going to keep my voice down really low on this, Alison, uh, but, and I please don't be offended. It's just that I've got this distracting thing in my mind, and I please forgive me. It's probably me. But uh, 
as we started praying, I felt like the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. And, and the word of knowledge was abortion. You've not had an abortion, have you now? And she burst into tears. And her husband kind of started. In fact, I wasn't sure whether he knew. Uh, and subsequently, they said that he did know. But his reaction was one of shock. Like, you said the word? You said the word to my wife? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know. Anyway, she blurted, started to blurt out this story, and I kind of stopped. And I said, listen, Alison, bless you. I, I don't need you to tell me the whole story. I really don't. I really don't. It's just I, as we started praying for this, I just felt like God was saying, that you'd had an abortion. And she was weeping, and it was in the right state, you know. And anyway, uh, I then asked God for a word of wisdom. Lord, how am I going to pray for this? Okay, so there's a, there is an issue here. You've had an, she's had an abortion, and for her, that's, that's somehow standing in the way of conceiving. And then the Lord gave me this, word, this wisdom, and that was... That she, had, that she had self-cursed herself. And that she was saying to herself privately in her heart of hearts, I'm, not, I'm never going to conceive because I had an abortion. So I thought, well, I'm already down this hole with her. So I said, well, I felt like the Lord just gave me a little wisdom, a little insight here. You've been self-cursing yourself, haven't you? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, you've been saying you'll never conceive because you had an abortion. She went, Bleh! I mean, we are in a different area here. There's no way I could know this naturally. We're in, we're, we, we've gone into the realm of the spirit here. And so I, I just prayed a blessing on her. I prayed a blessing on the husband. I broke this curse over her. Uh, uh, you know, the whole prayer from beginning to end, it wasn't like an hour and a half counseling or anything like that. It's, it probably took eight and a half minutes. I ended up praying a blessing on her. I, and them, and they said, listen, I'll keep praying. I'll add you to my prayer list and let me know. Six weeks later, they come bounding up. They said, we're pregnant. Can you believe it? We're pregnant. And they, the baby was dedicated here. You know, who they were will go to me with the, to the grave, you know. But, but it's extraordinary. I couldn't have known that. This, this was a word of knowledge, abortion. And yeah, the trouble with it was I didn't know what to do with it, but in the end, you just got to go with it. And she might have said no. I've, I've tried it in other situations, and they've, people look slightly startled and said no. And okay, I got that one wrong. But on this one, this word of knowledge came out right, you see. It's all about the way you share these things. Incredibly powerful, these words of knowledge. Supernatural insight. You know, that kind of truth, that kind of revelation would have taken 18 months of expensive counseling Eight and a half minutes, bingo, God sorts it. Six weeks, they're pregnant. They now have a family, God bless them. <laughs> to God be the glory. Thank you, to God be the glory. Okay, the second little grouping here. Gifts of speech, the mouth of God, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. You know, prophecy is one, one gift actually here that um, you know, many of you operate in, and by that I mean, you know, you know, every now and then at the end of the worship time, we'll stop and we'll wait for some prophetic words. That happens fairly commonly. But many of you are giving each other words, and people send words into me, and I'm blessed by them always. You know, I never, I never diss any of them. 
Some of them are you know, more mature than others, but that's great. We're all on a learning curve. But you know, sometimes that gift of prophecy can be amazing. I, I remember the second church planters we sent out here. Um, Jeremy and Elaine Cook. Jeremy had been, a, uh, he'd been the financial director of EMI Europe, the record company, and got saved and then started coming along here after a little while and, and uh, we sent them out to plant the whole vineyard. And it's there now, and it's a great vineyard, it really is. It was a privilege to be part of their story. Anyway, one of our ladies here, um, I don't think she's here this morning, so won't embarrass her. One of our ladies went up there, her family that comes from that area and was there for a weekend, and during the worship time, she had this prophetic word come. And, and she wondered, she asked God, do I give it out aloud? But it was very personal, it was for Jeremy, and the prophetic word was this, it was an image, it was, it was like a, a vision she had of a dollar bill, a US dollar bill. But where the image of the president goes was, was Jeremy's lovely big smiling mug. A dollar bill with Jeremy's face on it. And she thought, that is just so bizarre. But you know, she's, she's been taking risks with spiritual gifts for some time, and she eagerly desires spiritual gifts, and so when you get them, you have to try and act on them. So she went up to him after the service and said, Jeremy, I've got this prophetic word for you. Uh, you know you know how this thing's worked, so I'll just share it anyway. What I've seen is the Lord's, Lord's giving you a dollar bill. But on your dollar bill, it's got your face. I don't know what that might mean, but there you go. And Jeremy said, wow, you have no idea. Jeremy had been approached by Vineyard Music in the US to be their president stroke CEO. It was a bit of an amalgamation. They were going through a reordering and they wanted him to be the president and they have a bit of hands-on stuff of Vineyard Music in the US. Now, Jeremy thought, now I've done with the music industry. That was my old life, not my new life. I'm a pastor now. I'm church planting, da 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 But that prophetic word, a dollar bill with Jeremy's face as president on it, which no one but you know, he and Elaine knew about, and the people who were inviting him in the state, that changed, quote, unquote, the course of history for him. He knew that the Lord was saying, go for it, son. This is me. So that prophetic word meant that he was able, against what he was planning on doing, to ring the states and say, you know what, I think you need to pay for me to come over and have a talk about this. It may be that God is calling me. And he's been the, he's been the head of Vineyard Music, not just in the US, but worldwide now for about 12, 15 years. And that came about because one of you guys had a funny little prophetic word, which you didn't know what meant, but you thought, oh boy, I've got to... I've got to do this thing. Extraordinarily apposite. Doesn't make much sense to you, and often it feels like that, but once you give it, boy, does it come home to roost. The third gift here, gifts of power, the hand of God, faith, healings, miracles. Well, you know, the best healing stories are always the latest ones, and we've just, I think, two weeks ago, we had James come up here and, and give a little testimony about being prayed for by a couple of kids and God healing his knee. And this was an, an injury following a motorbike accident months and months and months ago. And he'd been hospitalized and all the rest of it. And his leg had collapsed, his knee had collapsed again. And so he was hobbling around on, on crutches and then he was off crutches. But he had a, a, uh, 
what did they call it now? A surgical consultancy meeting where they were going to describe, they they, he had the operation booked in, but he was going to see the consultant again just to decide how they were going to go into this knee and what they were going to do. So he came here the Sunday before and a couple of our kids prayed for him and God healed him. And so the consultant spent an hour and a half humming and hawing, getting more x-rays and all the rest, and the end of it, he said, I don't know what's going on here. They must have made a wrong diagnosis. There's nothing wrong with this knee. Now, if you want to see that, rather than me mess the story up, you'll see it on our website. It's under stories. Is that right? If you're on the website and look at stories, James gives the testimony himself. You know, this is stuff that ought to be on the Sunday papers, but it never will be. But we, we got to do it. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You know, we said two weeks ago that the meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. What goes on in here is not meant to stay in here. We come together, this is a safe place where we can make mistakes, where we can get it wrong. If it's done in a spirit of love, if it's done with humility, we dust ourselves off and we try again. We don't slap one another around when we get it wrong because that's how you learn. If you're learning to ride a bike, you're gonna graze your knee. But the only way we will learn how to minister in these spiritual gifts is if we break out of our comfort zone, if we overcome our fear, if we ask God for a desperation based upon his love and his compassion, and if we get a sense of his urgency, his His drive to make Christ known in the community. Then we'll start praying for our neighbors on the street. Then we'll start joining clubs like I did this week. I joined another club, another special interest club, because I need to expand my network of, of contacts. When I got home, I didn't want to go out. I fell asleep on the sofa. I was going to be late. But I thought, no, I'm going to get myself off this sofa. I'm going to go out there and make some new friends and some new people. Meet some new people. And all because God's love compels us and he equips us to take that which we've learned in the meeting place into the marketplace. Let's have the band back up and I'm just going to pray now. As the band are coming up, I just, something struck me this morning, literally this morning. You know, it's all very well talking of spiritual gifts and how to minister and share spiritual gifts. It's all very well doing that, but if you don't know the giver, that's going to be very, very hard. If you haven't been, if you haven't met Christ the giver, and God is nothing if he isn't generous and a giver, well then, you need to do that today. So I just want to say that at the end of the service, there's going to be, as always, an opportunity to go to my right, your left, where we will pray for the sick, as always. But you might be sitting there thinking, this intrigues me, this is fascinating, I want this, but I don't even know God. I don't, I don't, I haven't even got the first base. My counter isn't even on the snakes and ladder board yet. We'll put that right today. Because today would be a wonderful day to get saved, to meet Jesus. So with all those other folk coming forward for prayer, come down to the right, my left, and we'll pray for you.
Let's all stand.